Hey, this is an episode of what ifs and of possibility. What if Bite Size was a place where you felt a belonging, where you came to support others on similar journeys as yourself, and where, God forbid, you asked others to hold you accountable? Jirrit is Misha Owen from the Bite Size Irish podcast. Welcome to episode 84. So with Bite Size Irish, the basic idea, if you're not familiar, but you might be, that we're a community site, we're online, we use the internet to get together. And our basic proposition is we've a set of about 200 online lessons with several thousand recorded audio recordings, part of the lessons, with lots of phonetic pronunciation written out, which people love. And you can take the course in your own time. Uh, so you take the, the course and there's no indication of who else is taking the course. <laughs> so you're taking the course on your own. But then we've got some member interviews, which we feature on our blog. Um, you can find Bite Size Irish on Facebook and we have uh, even a private uh, group on Facebook for Bite Size members. We invite people who join Bite Size to join the group. And you see some people um, on our Facebook page, you'll see comments from people, you'll see uh, comments on our blog posts as well. So you get an indication that you're on the journey with a group of other people, but it's like they're just kind of showing up along the journey. You see their comments, but there's no connection there. So what if, what if Bite Size Irish was a community? And I've really dug into the idea of what does it take to build the community, to bring people together. And the reason, I guess, one reason I'm so interested is I used to run a forum. It was called irishgaelictranslator.com. And it was an online community. Um, I was just the facilitator. And it just so happened that people got together online and they joined this forum. And it got pretty active. Um, in the end, um, I was offered by somebody to purchase it which I did go ahead in the end in the end it was getting about 400,000 page views a month and I was getting sick of the server the server would keep crashing um there was people always who couldn't log in that type of account trouble now looking back if I had that now I would hold on to it and really make the best out of it and uh, yeah pay somebody else to help but hey that's a, a piece of learning for me so with Bite Size Irish, we launched publicly in 2010. And since then, we've had two forums on Bite Size Irish and both failed. And what failure to me means that people basically were not posting like it was it was a forum available to members, but you couldn't you couldn't like hold the conversation. The conversation didn't keep going. So I didn't think of it as a community at the time. I have to admit it was more like. Uh, a forum just online forum it wasn't the this idea of community people getting together so I dug into the idea of community and first of all a community needs a place 
So uh, online, you can do that in lots of different ways. Facebook groups, forums, uh, even like Slack chat channels where you can install a piece of software and join it like a live chat. And then I've read that a community's well-being is dependent on the quality of relationships among the citizens of that community. Uh, Robert Putnam, in his book Bowling Alone about community in America, um, gave us this definition. And so that for me highlights the fact that community, of course, it's not about bite-sized Irish broadcasting to other people. It's everybody who's around bite-sized Irish getting together, members of bite-sized Irish. And I have to say, uh, let me put the the underlying assumption here that we're talking about a community of paying members of bite-sized Irish and not the broader community. So um, there's some other contexts that restore or generate community. So what do you think about this? They're the ideas of possibility, generosity, and of gifts, rather than of problem solving, fear, and retribution. And I can relate to this. Uh, I'm on um, my local residence committee for the local housing estate. And it's very easy to fall into the trap of dealing with problems. So <laughs> this is nobody's fault. I'm, um, I'm not blaming anybody for this. But when we sit down for a meeting, we read out a list of problems that we're dealing with and there hasn't been any real discussion of what could be. Um, and if you um, maybe make a big suggestion, people are put out by it because it can be a bit scary and a bit different. But you have to push the boundaries, I think. That's part of uh, starting and being a community. So you think of what ifs and what can I offer and what are my gifts? So to dig into that a bit deeper, you'd be thinking, well, what can we do that could not be done if we hadn't gotten together, this unlikely bunch of people? What can we do together? What gifts can I bring to the community? Not what can the community give me, but what can I offer to the community? It might not be Irish language skills. That's the, the basic uh, psychological block, I think. It's, it's too obvious. No, you don't speak Irish. Yeah, well... Nobody else around you does either. We're all learning, right? That's a way to look at it. You can, what use of your imagination can you use or your logical skills or your career skills, your experiences that can help others? Maybe you've been to Ireland. Maybe you can offer help. Hey, you should go to this place in Ireland. Something simple as that. So it's not what others can do for you when you're joining a community like this. It's much more, what can I get out of giving other people help and support? So a fundamental concept of community too, it's not a sense just of a sense of being. Community comes from a sense of doing, right? So we can all associate with this, I think. If you live in a suburban area, urban area, where you get together with your neighbors, I know, just for example, it's a neighborhood cleanup. And on a Saturday, everybody gets out and just uh, collects the rubbish around the street. You're much more likely to get to know some people, um, make friends in your community. I know this from uh, 2018, March 2018, when we had the big snow 
in Ireland, uh, maybe the first of many, I don't know, like this, uh, the, the beast from the east, as they call it, the weather system blew in from the east and made it really cold and brought a continental snow that we don't usually get in Ireland. We get wet snow from the Atlantic. We don't get continental snow, the fluffy stuff. <laughs> so we were all out on the streets, barely anybody driving. The kids were out, the dogs were out, the neighbors were out, people were serving hot whiskeys and people, uh, this is a year later, people still talk about that day that they got to know more of their neighbors because of this. Just imagine if our community locally could get together more often like that. So I wanted to play um, a couple of minutes, I think, from Seth Godin's podcast. It's called Akimbo. And I highly recommend it if you're into the ideas of creativity, uh, business even. This is from his episode, Waiting for Godiva. Uh, it's season three, episode 14 from his podcast. And Seth is replying to somebody who asked how to set up a community. Thanks, Richard. And you're bringing up a powerful point here, which is that we know peer support works. We know it is possible to learn an enormous amount from one another, people holding each other accountable. And we also know it's really difficult. A bunch of years ago, I put together a team of people and we built something called Krypton Community College. It wasn't a business. It was a process, a program, something we put in the world for free. And at the beginning, tens of thousands of people signed up to try it. But what we found, our key mistake, was that we didn't have built into it a process to hold each group accountable. So plenty of people were interested in starting, but it didn't build up enough credibility among the circles of six or eight that they could keep it going without us. We see the same thing with book groups. Lots of people start a book group. Most book groups don't last. And so when we look around at the Lions Club or the Rotary or Alcoholics Anonymous, when we look around at successful mastermind groups, what we see that they have in common is that they become culturally sticky. I know it works better than sitting by yourself and reading a book. That if you can be surrounded by other people who are going where you are going and who want to challenge you to level up, it will bring your best work to the fore. So yes, go make that ruckus. Do it without me, do it without other people. We need each person to stand up, invite a few others into the circle and stick with it long enough to create that cultural stickiness. Yeah, thanks, Seth. Yeah, it's it's intriguing to me. Uh, really, it's a sense of joint action. What can you do in a small group of people? Hold each other accountable, support each other, give each other advice, uh, push each other forward, rather than sitting there learning alone. Uh, I think it's a good metaphor for life, but if we can build something sustainable with Bite Size Irish, um, I think we can. And it's going to take some enthusiastic people to help start it. So maybe this is a call out to any Bite Size Irish members. <clears throat> if you're a paying member of Bite Size Irish, get in touch with me if this sounds intriguing to you. You can email me directly, owen at bitesize.irish. That's E-O-I-N, E-O-I-N at bitesize.irish. Or just contact us through bitesize.irish website. Um, it's intriguing to me. 
I love the idea and I know we can make it work. Okay, on to Paddy Conway, who um, I think we featured in the last episode. Um, he recorded a question for the podcast and I was going over and back with Paddy and he recorded a reply to me. So here goes. Anyway, I also liked your idea that you had about getting people in the bite Irish community, bite-sized Irish community to meet up in person. Uh, I'll be visiting Ireland uh, during the summer with my wife and uh, we're thinking about coming down to Limerick for Bell X1 concert at St. John's Castle. So uh, I'll definitely try and uh, stay aware of any possible meetups. I think that's a nice idea. Um, also, thanks uh, for the episode where the guy recommended a lot of useful apps. Uh, that Kauga Kauga app I, I was using, uh, it actually has the three different dialects. You can select uh, one of the dialects to do the little uh, picture matching activities with. Uh, so I've been having a little go at that. So... Uh, uh, I thought you handled the question very well as well from the lady in the Gwell talk who was criticizing the way you spoke Irish and, and such. And I think uh, everybody has to be aware that we don't actually own the language or the culture. And when you come out to Korea or Japan and you see how these other people embrace Irish culture, it makes you very humbled and realize that you don't own it. So uh, once again, thank you very much, Joan. You're doing a great job. And uh, I'll try and keep in touch with everything that's going on. Slán. Well, thanks so much. So Paddy's in South Korea and he's got a certain a particular valuable perspective of Irish culture that he sees our Irish culture being embraced in a way that, of course, the people back home take for granted. Of course you do. Like it's your culture. Um, that's what culture is. It's water to fish. It's all around you. It's what you grew up with. So a couple of points there from Paddy. Paddy was referencing some older podcast episodes. So if you, we've cleaned up uh, the podcast archive, the feed. So if you're subscribed to Bite Size Irish Podcast, say in iTunes or through an Android player, just for example, you can scroll all the way back into the history of the podcast. And about episode five, I think, it's we talk about the apps and the technologies that you can use um to learn irish some of them are out of date now but it's still a good starting point um that i i believe that episode was with kevin scannell who is an academic in the states but he speaks irish uh, it's intriguing and he's very active building technologies for example analyzing what goes on on twitter in irish so Paddy, uh, about the Bite Size Irish in-person meetup, you know, I'd love that. I've met a couple of uh, Bite Size members along the way, Bite Sizers along the way. Um, people who passed through Limerick, for example, or last year I bumped into a guy just by accident in Galway and he was learning uh, through Bite Size Irish. Uh, I just struck up a conversation with him because he had a, an Irish language book open. It was really intriguing. <laughs> Um, so Paddy, your concert, the Bellex One concert in Limerick is Saturday, 20th of July, 2019. If anybody is listening to this podcast when it's coming out and you're planning a trip around the same time and you happen to be passing through Limerick as well, why don't we make a little uh, meetup out of it? Contact us through the Bite Size Irish site again. Uh, that would be something special. Um, I always... Um, invite people if you're passing through Limerick do get in touch with me through the Bite Size Irish site um, because you never know maybe we can do a meetup meet up for coffee or something in Limerick 
Um, it's always so lovely to connect with people um, and learn a bit of your background. So there you go. I'll leave you at that. Um, I hope this uh, episode of Possibilities has opened your ears a little bit. And thanks as always to Tukumo for their music that you hear on each episode on their Creative Commons license. Sign. So